It's Monday, June 21st, and we have Joe Sparata of the soon to open again Heritage. It's finally time to talk about our third co-host, Scott's hair, and breaking food news. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia, voted Richmond's second best podcast in the history of podcasts. My name is Scott Wise, and I'm joined, as always, by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Roby. We're gonna start finally talking about my hair. I feel like that's been the. <laughs> I feel like that's been like your go-to topic since I don't know Ever, our first podcast. Always. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I got things. I got things. I want to talk. Uh, first of all, first of all, welcome, third co-host. It's nice to actually identify you as a third co-host, and Scott's finally let you talk. So now we've got to cut you. <laughs> so. By the way, Joe Sparata, my favorite chef at my favorite restaurant, Heritage, is our guest today. He has good hair. He has great hair. Um, so we will be getting to know a little more about Joe and Heritage reopening in just a couple minutes. But I want to put a shout out out there, a call to action. If there's anybody in our listening audience, all three of you, who cuts hair for a living or is a hobby. That one person in Buckingham, are you a stylist? I would like you to, go, I would like you to come cut his hair. But well, we're going to have Megan Markoniak of Marco Style come and talk as well. So I feel like we should do this su- semi live. Somebody should cut your hair and Megan should make sure that you have good snacks and maybe some glitter while, while it's happening. It's going to happen in August. So we have some time to think about it. August is when you would like somebody to come get rid of our third co host. August, it's going to happen. So I'm going back to the office in July breaking okay. news. They're inviting us back in after Ooh. a year and a half uh, away. And originally my thought was to go into back into work day one with long hair down to my shoulders, which I've accomplished, uh, and then cut it, cut it the next day. But in the meantime, fish tour has been announced. Fish tour is happening in August and I can't just cut my hair right before fish tour. That's just ridiculous. So I'm going to keep it through fish tour now. And then when I return from fish tour, it's going to be time to get it cut. Well, I have or hear that you have breaking food news. Oh, it's such good breaking food news. Mm-hmm. This past week, the family went out to dinner at Lily Pearl, where we ran into the owner, Kimberly Love Lindsay. And love Kim, her. we do love her, our 50th uh, podcast guest, yep. episode 50. Such a, such a great one. The meal was phenomenal, by the way. I mean, everybody loves Lily Pearl and it knocked it out of the park. They knocked it out of the park that night. Um, but she told us that their, their second concept, the buttermilk and honey fried chicken concept, in addition to going into Hatch, they are opening up a restaurant in Short Pump. Bum, 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 Short Pump. It's going to be near the Wegmans in Short Pump. So not, not near, um, well, sort of near uh, the other rest, the Red Salt and, and those restaurants over on the other side of Broad. But this one's going to be on the Wegmans side of Broad and where the Be Good restaurant used to be. Oh, nice. Yeah. nice. That'll be great. Good. They could use some chicken out there. Or at least I think everybody could use chicken everywhere. So there you go. She said it's going to be in, they're in the process of getting all the paper signs. So two to four months. Ah, nice. So soon. So real soon. Very soon. You can go with your new hair. I can't wait. So we have Joe from Heritage on today. Oh, that was an interview, right? He's so well-spoken. How about that? There's a lot going on with Heritage. Uh, 
where people mentioned at the top of the interview that it's my favorite restaurant and it is, and it was, and it has been for a long time. So we get into that, the reasons behind why he shut down and has not reopened Heritage and then kind of the thought process in reopening it and how it's going to get done and how it's going to change from maybe the heritage that we, we know and it's going to evolve from the heritage that we, that we know. So Scott, you actually have a favorite restaurant in Richmond that you consistently talk about on a regular basis. And I hear, I mean, via the Instagram, I hear, I mean, I, nobody actually told me because, well, I love the surprise component that they're reopening. What True. is that restaurant? I don't like to play favorites, but in this case, there, there is a favorite and uh, it is Heritage on Main Street in the fan. And I'm so excited that Joe Sparata is joining us today. Joe, how, how are you doing? I'm doing well, happy to, uh, happy to be here, so thank you. You know, you're not just involved with heritage. I mean, I realize that's a favorite of lots of people in Richmond. You have involvement in, I'm actually not sure when you sleep. Um, that's a, yeah, neither am I. That's, that's a good point. Still working on trying to get consistent sleep, but we also, uh, I'm a partner at Southbound Restaurant over in, uh, in Bonaire with Lee Gregory. So we have that going on and... I'm the uh, consulting chef for Hardywood Brewery. So we just opened up a pizza concept at their original location at OMB Lane. And uh, that's going really well, other than still trying to find a little, a few more team members so we can go like six days a week of regular hours of operation. But currently four days a week right now and working towards going to a full-time schedule. So calling it a pop-up even though it's like we built a kitchen and it's a real permanent <laughs> fixture but just as not to be might be a little confusing but this is what made the most sense for the staff that we currently have so i'm so i've been to southbound i've been to heritage i have to tell you i've been remiss i've not gotten pizza from the hardywood location yet but people are really really telling me things are delicious do okay. you have pizza background no no, no let's yeah. do this what is your background? Let's talk about how you got to Richmond. All right. Um, well, I got to Richmond mostly due to my wife's family being here. So my wife and I met when we were like 20. And uh, we worked at a restaurant called the Ryland Inn together for a number of years. And that's where we both got most of our, let's say, true training. She went to uh, CIA in Hyde Park, New York. And I pretty much stuck it out at the Ryland Inn as my proper formal training. But we wound up realizing after spending, you know, 10 or 12 years cooking in New Jersey and in New York City a little bit that it's not really affordable to do anything in New Jersey or, or New York. Um, we just didn't have enough financial backing to make it work, but we also wanted to start a family and we wanted to have our own restaurant. I mean, the restaurant we were at in Princeton for a number of years called Elements, we helped open like the liquor license just to be able to serve hard alcohol was $750,000. So that's, that, that's like a huge real hurdle in New Jersey, like obtaining liquor licenses. And sometimes that's more expensive than build outs or the building. And 
you know, we, we make money off of alcohol. So that's a really challenging way to get a business started. So we decided uh, after Elements in Princeton to kind of start over here in Richmond and Amelia's mom and uh, stepdad live here in Bonaire. So we decided to move here and Jason Alley actually was the one who kind of got me, like I met Jason in New York. He was at a uh, Star Chefs symposium. It's kind of a thing that happened yearly and we met there and wound up chatting and essentially he told me about opening pasture and I was like, we're ready to get out of New Jersey. He's like, well, if you ever want a job, let me know and helped him open up pasture from essentially like it's beginning, like helped with the entire process and uh, Jason kind of helped get us into town. So that was pretty helpful. All roads lead through Jason Alley, it seems like. Yeah, Jason. Jason's done a lot for the city, and uh, he's certainly a good friend. And he's he's definitely, I think, helped change the culinary landscape a little bit from you know what I can tell. And seemingly knows everybody. So yeah. Jason's a great guy, great family. So I'm happy that uh, we crossed paths that day, and here we are. So th this upcoming year will be the 10th year of Heritage. Yeah, I think we're going on eight or nine years. I don't, I don't know. It might be ninth year this year. Nice. Yep. So that's, that's great. And then when did Southbound open? That opened about, uh, so we've been open about six years at Southbound. Okay. So about two years after we opened Heritage, Lee and I uh, got together and decided to do a restaurant kind of out by where we live and a little more family friendly. And that's how Southbound came to be. Now, how, so good little connection there with um, Jason Alley. How mm -hmm. did you meet Lee? Just, just hanging about? Yeah, it was, it was super strange. So I guess Lee had been kind of really following Elements, the restaurant that I was at. It was you know, a, a really well-known restaurant in the grand scheme of restaurants across the country. But we also had a blog that I was the person doing the blog. And when I came into town, I guess Lee heard that I was in town and reached out to me and be like, hey, man, let's get some coffee. And I'm like, okay, no idea who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Lee, Lee reached out and I kind of, you know, told him what we envisioned with Heritage and he heard I was trying to do a restaurant and Lee was actually like super helpful in allowing me to understand the landscape of Richmond because I'm coming from, you know, a different price structure, a different sure. demographic, different everything. And Lee was so kind and sharing with his information and I think we became fast friends and just wound up uh, seemingly having a lot of similarities, but I, I think he he also loved the gossip, so he wanted to know what was up. And Lee's like, Lee's no, one not Lee, no. He, he <laughs> always knows what's going on. Like Lee knows everything, and uh, so he's. I feel very lucky that he reached out, and you know he's he's a wonderful business partner and an even better friend, and very thankful that he's uh, that he reached out. And uh, we have Southbound together and still trying to work on other projects together, just always kind of scheming and 
figuring out what we could do next with our available resources. I get a once every six months, maybe once every four month call from Lee and it's like an hour and 30 minutes <laughs> of just all the things. Usually it's when he's driving yeah. home. <laughs> so yeah, he's, uh, I think we have almost like a daily chat and it's uh, always, always laugh a lot, but Lee's, uh, he certainly has the gift of gab where <laughs> I might not. But. I, I, I think you guys are a great partnership. One's a little higher on the neuroticism scale and one's a little lower. And I'm not going to say which one. <laughs> How about that? You, 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 guys can leave, you guys can leave that that way. So, okay. One, two, three restaurants, plus maybe another project. And then two children. How mm -hmm. like, Really, let's talk about what your day-to-day -day looks like. Because it sounds insane. Um, it's a little insane, my, my wife, Amelia, definitely handles a lot of the stuff with the children, and I try to fill in the gaps wherever I can. Um, and that was kind of, you know, the role that she, childcare is insanely expensive. I don't know how anybody does it uh, on a regular basis. So we, we kind of started working heritage, at least pre-pandemic, into a way that she can spend a lot more time with our children. So we had some wonderful staff members that took on more responsibility and they all did a great job and Amelia was more there to help kind of oversee things and also uh, she does a lot of the financials for both of the restaurants so she consistently does that but she found a way to be able to do that more from home so that was uh, very important at least for you know the development of our family and I think our children being able to spend more time with Amelia and I has kind of shifted our thought process and, you know, having the pandemic as horrible as it was, gave us so much time to spend time with our family. So that's going to, it's kind of a scary thought of not being able to see them as much because I think we missed, I certainly missed a lot uh, pre-pandemic just by being so busy or being tied down to, you know, the businesses that essentially wind up owning you. It's, mm -hmm. you know, you can own the small business, but at some point they wind up taking on the majority of your life. So that's, that's really hard to make that compromise, especially with, you know, your children who want all of your time. So trying to find a middle ground is challenging, but we're working on that and that's part of our reopening strategy with Heritage is we're going to start out really small. So just right now, the team is like myself, my wife. We have uh, a great bar, bar manager is lined up. We're still working on a couple servers, but only doing a couple of days a week to start because that's currently what we have with staffing. And we're going to kind of see how it goes from there. We might only do Friday and Saturday to start, maybe 20 or 30 people. And just keep it super low key. Just go to the farmer's market every week, get everything I need and make the menu weekly. Essentially how, you know, my good friend Ian Bowden has been cooking for many years at the shack. And it's, you can concentrate a lot more on the food or the experience when you're not trying to scale it really large. So we're in a position where we own the building at Heritage. So we're not under such intense pressure, like 
we were at Southbound. Like we didn't close at all at Southbound during the pandemic. We were just open or doing to go. We, our rent is absurd and uh, didn't necessarily have the best landlords who would uh, be willing to help us out. I think they did for a little bit and then it was right back to the, the chaos. So we're, uh, we're in a good position, at least thanks to you know, some of the government assistance that actually wound up helping us a lot. And it's relieved a little bit of the pressure of not having to be like a six day a week operation to start. We have a little bit of flexibility to get our bearings again. And then hopefully we can be, you know, back to a regular full-time schedule. I'm curious, Joe, about the conversation you had with Lee before you opened Heritage um, almost 10 years ago. You said Mm -hmm. you told him what you envisioned it would be. I'm curious what you told him and then what it ended up being. And then the third part of that multi-part question is when you mentioned when it's going to reopen, it's going to reopen a little, a little bit differently, but is the vision still the same? Yeah. So I guess Lee and I, it wound up being essentially what it was like what we wanted to do very, very much, you know, farm to table driven. Um, Cause that's just how we cooked for so many years. I mean, the Ryland Inn where we worked had a three and a half acre organic farm that supplied the restaurant. So that was like ingrained in our culinary DNA, let's say. And, uh, you know, kind of running through at least what we saw. I think Lee helped refine a lot of like the price points. I was, I think I was a little more shocked because I was used to serving, you know, anywhere from 30 to $35 entrees and that just being a normal thing. And he's like, no, 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 player. You can't do that here. It's <laughs> like, that's shit. That dog is going to hunt something like that. Oh, I'm certain it was something. And then there was like a corn reference in there. So yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> it was more about creating accessibility for people. And that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to get away from the ultra high-end fine dining world that we were coming from, you know, like two or three Michelin star world and coming into a neighborhood friendly restaurant that could be accessible for all people. And price points have a lot to do with that. And it also, we found that it also brings in a different clientele. I think once people start spending a certain amount of money, they think they can treat people in a certain way. And you get a lot of arrogance and you get, whether it's people that are actually working in the restaurant or people that are coming into the restaurant, people that are treated poorly, it's just not the world I want to be in. And we were in that world for a very long time. And I learned a lot from that world. and I'm very appreciative, but I also learned what we didn't want to do. And we didn't want to do that anymore. We wanted to have something where we could have regulars that would come, you know, some, some people come a couple times a week and become like a, a part of the community as opposed to a destination restaurant. Like the destination restaurant is kind of a, a curse a little bit because you only might only see people for super special occasions because that's what they can afford. So we tried to really price it into a way of doing, getting people on a regular basis. And that, that was our main goal is just to be accessible for everybody. Cause once you start pricing yourself out of that, you're excluding such a large percentage of the population. Roby mentioned off the top that heritage is my favorite restaurant. And, um, I believe we, I believe we met uh, when you were came to Channel Six one day to do a cooking demo on on TV, and you were yeah, that was up. probably a disaster. 
Well, <laughs> well, perhaps on TV it was, but it, 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 I was able to meet you and learn about yeah. heritage. I'm not sure I knew about it before I met you that day. And I, I ended up going, I don't know, however many, however many days later. And from the moment I walked into the restaurant, the curtain, you know, that kind of separates the front door from the bar, it's, it had such, I had never really felt that way in a restaurant before um, between you and your wife and Matthias, just like walking in and like, it was almost like a family. I mean, it was a family, it is a family, but it felt, you really felt that walking into the front door and you were very busy that night and the bar, like just, they took our drink order immediately and we were drinking, waiting for our table. I think snacks came out um, like free of charge because we were waiting a little longer than the reservation. I think you came out to the table and being a young diner as I was, I didn't, that has never happened to me before. And I realized like it happens every night. You, you, you greet your, you greet your guests and, and you come out and see them. And, but it, the impact that it made, it was just, I can't even put it into words. So I'm, I'm kind of floundering here. Um, no, it makes me really happy to hear. And it's, it's like a decade later. I remember it so well. And we would come huh. back and uh, your menus were the first menus that I sat down at a restaurant and said, I don't care what, I don't care what, I get because I know it's all going to be amazing. And it's funny now because I look at, at Facebook, you know, the Facebook memories pop in. Yeah. And I, like what I'm like saying about the food that I've eaten over the years. Like I didn't think I was going to go out and eat squid ink uh, pasta tonight, but Joe had it on his menu. So that's what I'm uh, going to eat so tonight. Cool. Yeah. It, so anyway, my, this is my long way of saying thank you for just being an amazing, amazing restaurateur, an amazing chef, generous human being. And Roby, ask a question, please. <laughs> oh, thank you, Scott. That was, that was so nice. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. Thank you. So I'll piggyback on that because I've been to Heritage quite a few times, late night, New Year's Eve, loads and loads and loads of times. Um, <laughs> sometimes to my own detriment, uh, New Year's uh, Eve, but we won't get into that. Anyway, it's all good. I, we went, and this is, this is like, this will show, me, show you something. I actually took Man, what an idiot I was, but how graceful you guys were. Um, I took a large group of people, large group of people to their first open night. Like an idiot, I should have never have done that. And do you wanna know what they did? It was perfect. They pushed some tables together. We had a big group of people. They, it was your first night open. I brought God, like- was it? Yes, and I was a horrible person. I think I, I think I blacked all that out. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't black it out because it was a, it was a brilliant experience. And a lot of times for first nights for any restaurants, I stay way, way away from them because- Yeah, normally that's like, I do too. It's- I mean, I don't, I don't know. My parents were in town mm. and the guy at the time I was seeing, his parents were in town. So of course, you know, somebody had read the newspaper, however it worked and was like, let's go here. And all I could think to myself is, I don't really think that's a great idea, but- how do you tell your both those parents set of parents no? Yeah. I mean, you just don't. And so we, it was it was amazing. It was actually I was I walked out of there going, this could have been their nineteenth year. There wow. was like not a hiccup. Um, there was like I mean, obviously Amelia has wonderful wine suggestions. She had my dad enwrapped. It was I mean, really? talking about yeah. I mean, it was great. So I just wanted to piggyback on Scott to say that it was a, that your restaurant, it, I know Richmond has been missing it. Um, something yeah, we, serious. We definitely miss, uh, we miss so many people that we've become, you know, friends with over the years and just miss the opportunity to, 
you know, try to make people happy and have that connection again. And that's COVID definitely took that away from a lot of us in the hospitality industry. And when you're just cooking food to go, it's, it's kind of soulless or at least not fulfilling um, because you don't get any interaction with the guests. You don't get any reaction. And I, you know, it took the, it took the joy out of it. I mean, it was just a complete struggle for just about everybody I know in the hospitality industry, unless they were in fast casual and did twice the amount of business that they normally did. So let's talk about March of 2020, because I feel like you guys were among the leaders in, you know, the, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to try. Okay. That didn't work. Let's, let's try this. That didn't work. We're shutting it all yeah. down. So yeah. can you walk us through the timeline as best you can remember it and kind of your, your thought process behind those decisions? Yeah, I think, you know, March of 2020 heritage had never been in a better financial situation than it was at. Like that was somehow we had a incredibly busy uh, first quarter and normally that doesn't happen. So we were really busy and in a, in a really good spot, like at least with our business bank account, keeping it at a level that it had never really been. So that was great up until the point of, you know, when things started obviously getting scary and challenging and nobody really knowing what to do or how to react. And um, I think it was a lot of floundering and it was really hard to try to completely shift gears and amazingly stressful to try to make these decisions and being worried about people's health and not knowing, you know, how the virus worked, not understanding, are we keeping people safe? Is this a terrible idea being open? Is this, you know, it, it was just very challenging to say the least. And, uh, we tried a couple different options of really what to do. And we had wound up closing. I, th I think we were open for maybe a month or two trying to do like some limited services. Um, we did to go to start. I think if I'm remembering correctly, we did to go. And then we tried to reopen in like a very limited capacity and it just didn't feel right. Wasn't working. Um, it was more expensive, essentially. We were lose, like we did the math and we would have wound up going through all of our money in like a couple months, mm. um, like as a safety net at that rate. So I think we gave it a month and looked at the financials of that. And, but also, you know, I think we were, I think everybody was scared, super concerned and not knowing what was happening. And we decided to, you know, temporarily shut down and in the city, people, I think, were a little more conscious and, let's say, uh, thoughtful about the pandemic. And I, out in the suburbs, it seemed like people might have been a little less concerned. And I, I, it was just different. Like, the clientele of Southbound is a little bit different than we get at Heritage. And uh, just everything in the city was just so challenging between, you know, the BLM movement, which was important but also it affected a lot of businesses like certainly uh affected mine and it needed needed to happen 
but at the same time, it also didn't create a necessarily safe environment for our staff or for, you know, our clientele were afraid to come out. Like it was just right in the middle of all that. So pandemic plus that equaled, it was too much mentally to even try to do and not having any answers. And we owned a building. So that gave us the opportunity to essentially make the decision to be like, we just need a break from this because we don't know what to do. And uh, it was insane. I mean, it was really just beyond challenging. So I, I mean, I seriously have like blacked a lot of it out because it was, I mean, it was super traumatic. It was so hard to have to close down. It was so hard to think that this might be the last time we're ever in this building in the capacity that we would want to be. Um, like if I was to close my restaurant, I would like it to be on my own terms. Like, as opposed to either being like, well, we're just not busy anymore. I'm going to shut it down or have it be like, well, this, uh, I'm kind of, we're done, tired. Somebody else can do it. Let's move on. Not that, that was taken away from us. And uh, it was taken away from a lot of people and so many people are not coming back. And, uh, I think the hospitality industry seemingly was hit the hardest at least and maybe that's only because i'm in the industry and that's what i'm focused on but certainly feels like it was hit very hard and uh i just feel fortunate that we're able to come back so i'm very happy that we'll be able to come back and i, I probably think we'll be disappointing some people by not being open for brunch or not being able they might not be able to get a table for a little while because we're doing such a limited capacity but we're just happy to be back and it's uh, trying to move on from all that is certainly a little PTSD from that. I think everybody has that now. Like that's my mental health was certainly uh, shaken up a bit as just about everybody I know. I could see the, the, I could read the anguish in your social media posts when you were, you'd be like, okay, well we're closed again or you know, yeah. this happened again, or I just, I, I could, I could hear it. And it just broke my heart every time you guys would post something like that. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It, it was just not knowing what to say or how to say it properly, or that's kind of just, there were so many unknowns that it was just a completely frustrating time period, I think for for all of us and just worrying about like, are we gonna be able to keep our house? Are we gonna be able to continue to send our children to school? Like, what are we gonna do? So many unknowns and uh, thankfully we kind of got by somehow and uh, scraped and scrapped and just tried to keep going. And we, we continued doing services through Heritage with Heritage at Home, which was, you know, that kept us going. Uh, so I'm super thankful to all of the people and families that had us into their homes and allowed us to bring some joy to ourselves and to them because that's what we enjoy doing. For the folks who don't know what that is, can you explain what Heritage at Home was? So yeah, it was you know groups of under 10, just uh, trying to meet all the guidelines that the CDC had set out and, but, we were doing fancy dinner parties for people and multi-course tasting menus. That's actually how we 
kind of got started. Uh, Amelia and I, when we first came into town, we were doing dinners like this. And that's helped us get a little bit of funding uh, when we first needed it. So it was through doing dinners like this. And we've done a lot of these dinners for charity, whether it was through SCAN or you know cooking in people's homes or SBCA and doing it all for charity. But now we were doing it to survive. And it was mostly all really good and really enjoyable experiences minus like one dinner where people just were like not wearing their masks and not caring. And I packed up all my stuff and I took everything and just left. So I was like, I'm not doing this. Like not at all. So that was, that was a hard one. They, they went over the, the 10 person threshold and everybody just kept walking in with no masks. And it was in the middle of like the worst part of the pandemic. And I wasn't even comfortable being in their house. So we had a contract that stipulated if you're near us, you have to be wearing a mask. And it was people who were in their like maybe 25 years old. So like right out of college and just seemingly didn't care. So I packed all my shit and left. And I was like, I'm not going to do this for you guys. Sorry. Lost a lot of money that day, but also didn't get sick. Didn't get my family sick. That was more important. Do you feel like you saw a lot of disregard with respect to that? I hear a lot about it in the rest. I mean, I stayed mostly home. So, because uh, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get anybody sick and I don't want to get sick either. I mean, like right. it was partly for me and partly for everybody else. And I was pretty, and Scott jokes with me. So does my Ryan, he jokes with me about how diligent I was about being at home. I essentially was a recluse got to go through. Um, yeah. Okay. Because I mean, and that's what most people did. And that's, I think that was completely normal. Um, but you were asking about the disregard. Yeah. I was asking like being that you guys like opened and closed and, and, and did what was right for you. Um, which mm -hmm. thank you for doing that because I do think that you guys were some of the pioneers with respect to how to handle or try and handle it without having any knowledge about how to. So um, we're most appreciative, especially from Richmond Dine. But did you see what you just suggested there with respect to no masks? Did you, do you see like you felt, do you feel like you saw more than normal? I mean, I, I hate to put it any other way. But. Um, yeah, no, it cer you certainly did. Like I def <laughs> we definitely saw it at Southbound a few times. Um, we have a wonderful general manager and Shane Conlon, who's just the best. So he was put in a couple challenging situations as was our staff at Southbound. And, you know, it was handled like, had to ban at least one person and like reach out to them and be like, you're never allowed to come back. Mm. Like, don't, don't even come back. Um, but they handled it as well as they could. You know, I think the restaurant industry was asked to be, to have the knowledge of medical professionals. It was a really tough scenario that none of us, knew what we should or shouldn't be doing. We were trying to follow the guidelines of the CDC and local health department, and that's all we can do. And then the rest was like, figure it out. Mm -hmm. And you had to figure it out based on piecing it together from you know, media outlets or, it was just incredibly challenging. And then it was also in the middle of the election, which was also insane. Um, so depending on your 
which way you landed, some people would act in, in ways that were just not keeping people safe. And uh, those are the people that, you know, we might've turned away and told them like, if you're not gonna wear your mask, you can't go inside and use the bathroom. It was, it was like that. And people would get in arguments and the staff was put in a really terrible situation multiple times. And, you know, I think they did a really wonderful job handling it. And the crew at Southbound is amazing. They're just, this is the best crew we've ever had. And all the team members there, they put up with a lot of shit, especially this last year. Um, How is the staffing at Southbound? We're reading all the headlines about um, the, the staffing crisis happening. So how is the staff there? And then how is it going so far trying to reopen Heritage? It is a crisis is putting it, it's pretty accurate. Um, it's challenging. And, and most of the staff that we have currently at Southbound, it's about a mixture of some people that were working with us at Heritage that had moved over to Southbound as we stayed open. And we went down to like a skeleton crew and we're, we had to try to build it back up. So we had a, a pretty solid core. Um, and we've been slowly trying to find more people that are interested in joining the team. And it, it's hard. I mean, I, I think I got like two resumes after posting stuff for the reopening of Heritage. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, Hardy would too. What are you it's, hearing the reasons behind it? I mean, because initially everyone was saying, oh, it's because everyone's getting government money, but I mean, the more you read into it, the, the more I think it's, it's nuanced than that. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, there, there still is government assistance being given on a, not as much, um, but people could also be fed up with the hospitality industry. Like it's, it was certainly a lot for, I think what everybody was put through and they might just be over it. There's, it's, it's such a, a challenging question because there's so many variables I think that could go into it. And I, I can't say it's because of unemployment. I can't say it's, it's like every industry. It's not just the hospitality industry. It's everybody I talk to in small business is having trouble finding people that are able to work. So I think it's going to get better. I, maybe it's concern of health and uh, as a vaccination percentage rises as hopefully it continues to rise. Um, I think things will get better. And our, our threshold, what we were shooting for when we initially closed for closed heritage is like once you hit like a 75% vaccination level, and it doesn't seem like we're going to hit that, but we're still pretty close. Our whole staff at Southbound's vaccinated. Everybody at Hardywood is vaccinated. Uh, so it's getting better. So I think it's going to, we're going to start seeing some more people that might be interested in hopefully joining our team. And I also can't blame people that don't want to, didn't want to work in this because it's scary and crazy and we're still in the middle of it. Sure. Do you have a, a date picked out as when you hope to reopen Heritage? I have you read my more, mind, Scott. You read my mind. One more Heritage at home dinner on July 3rd for some wonderful regulars of ours. Um, I kind of stopped doing Heritage at home as we were getting Hardywood ready just because it was a lot to get ready. And uh, we're doing a lot better with staff over there and Southbound is getting better with staff. So now we can start to focus on 
getting heritage, but probably we're shooting for that weekend after the 4th of July, or maybe the week after that, depending on if we have the, the right team members in place. And it's really going to be me and like one other person cooking in the kitchen and that's it. And it'll be like Amelia plus a bar manager and a server, like super minimal to start. I like that. I think that's great. You guys get to know everyone. You get to, yeah. I, I, I mean, and you guys are, I mean, I know it's tough on you all, so, um, especially if you get super busy, but I do, I do really like, um, well, we can control the busyness now. Like we can choose only to do 20 people. Right. We know it's totally manageable. If we, if we think we can do 30 with the same crew, then we'll do 30. So we're just going to take it literally day by day. Um, but I'm excited to work with my, my wife again. I mean, we haven't really worked together for the last few years just because, you know, she took on a larger role with our family and taking care of our children. And she's a wonderful mom and she's also incredibly talented. So I'm excited to see her on the floor again. And she does such an amazing job. She makes heritage work. I just make food. I love it. I do have one more question. I feel like this has been a heavy episode so far, and I apologize for that because that's okay. It's been a because, heavy year. Uh, yeah, it has been, but yeah, I know Heritage because it's on the list of being, you know, one of the best restaurants in Richmond, the South. It's been made all these magazines that you celebrities will stop by and mm -hmm. and, di and dine with you. And I always ask the celebrity question, so I, I, and there's a few names in my head that I know have been there, but I want to hear from you. What are some of the the, the celebrity uh, sightings or, or people that have stopped in that have really kind of wowed you or, or excited you or whatever uh vince gilligan coming often was really cool the creator of breaking bad um he's so nice and his partner's so nice like they go out of their way anytime he's from richmond so anytime they want to come back into town or the visiting family like they'll make a reservation from la it's really nice so we become kind of friendly with very friendly with them and uh always look forward to to them coming into the restaurant. Hopefully they'll be joining us again. Uh, Danny McBride was awesome. That was really cool. Big uh, Danny McBride fan. <laughs> of course. Who's Everybody not? is. Everybody <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah. My in-laws were, they, it was actually because of my in-laws have an architecture firm and they were uh, working on one of his homes in Fredericksburg. It's kind of where he spent a good amount of time, but they were redoing one of his, his house there. And they became friendly. So it was super weird. Like yeah. my in-laws just being like, you know who this Danny McBride guy is? <laughs> like, oh my God. What are you talking about? <laughs> bring him in, bring him in for brunch. So they all like my family had brunch with uh, his family and that's awesome. Incredibly bright and obviously funny person, but just so smart. Meg Ryan came in a bunch for when she was doing something in Richmond. We always get like, you know, a, a couple of the people that are I think Richmond, the film scene is really, they've done a really great job of promoting the film scene in Richmond and more stuff is filming here now than ever. And I think that's partially due to Georgia's uh, backwards politics. So that, when, the, when the celebrities come, do you get a heads up always or is it, is it just? Sometimes they just come in. I mean, like just out of nowhere. Um, uh, I think, uh, yeah, like Claire Danes and uh, Saul from 
God, what what is the show now? Homeland. Homeland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma- Mandy Patinkin. Ma- Mandy Patinkin. Mandy we Patinkin. became he became like my my Jewish grandfather. Like we became bros. He was so nice and always gave like a lot of advice on family. And he would come like every day and just read scripts because he had a place like right down the street from Heritage. So he was there a lot. Like he he probably came like twenty or thirty times, and he was that's incredible. Very kind, but most of the time it's it's kind of lined up with. Uh, I think they're, let's say they're people. And sometimes it's a surprise. So now I have a very personal question. Yeah. What is the largest fish you've ever caught? Uh, not anything crazy. I, I can't do deep sea fishing. Um, I get super sick. So same. <laughs> yeah. Pro- I mean, I do a lot of freshwater fishing and maybe like a, a seven pound largemouth bass. So I've caught some no, actually at the beach, you caught like uh, a puppy drum that was fairly large. That was probably the biggest fish. I, ca- I can't get out. Like I get so sick. So sick. <laughs> so I've, I've gone out on those boats and every time I'm just very ill and wind up not fishing and feeling very bad. You're listening to Eden Virginia with Joe Serrata, <laughs> Scott Wise, and I'm Roby. Thanks for being with us, Joe. Oh, uh, thanks so much. Great to see you guys. You know, I actually really like hearing about the reopening of Heritage. I don't think a lot of people know what goes on behind the scenes with respect to having to close your restaurant and then having to open it and then having to close it and then having to open it. And I love how raw that was because I feel feel like if, if people understood a little bit more about what does occur in these massive decisions that really are their life, um, it would be easier for individuals to want to go out and support more. You can really hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wasn't sure what, what to expect when we, when we booked the interview. And you could really, he, he mentioned PTSD and some people might laugh like, oh, PTSD, like that's what you get when you go to war or when you, you know, something terrible happens. And this has been terrible. This has been yes. a terrible year and people are suffering through PTSD. I'm not going to try to diagnose Joe over, uh, over Zoom, but you could hear in his voice just how emotionally fraught this whole, this whole year has been for him and mm-hmm. for his family and for his friends that he works with. I didn't, I didn't get to ask, but I mean, one of the things that makes Heritage so amazing, in addition to the core family that runs it, is the people that he hires, the servers right. and, the, and, the, and the bartenders. I mean, I'm sure the people behind the scenes are, are fa- fabulous too. I've never really been exposed to them as much, but the server, like, that's the one restaurant where you know your servers by name and, and they, they greet you as if you've known them forever, even though, you know, perhaps you've only seen them once or never met them before. They know who right. you are. And uh, I don't know where all those people kind of, went but i'm hoping they're well and hopefully they're they're in a a happy place and if they decide to come back to heritage i'll be happy to you know be on the other side of that have you heard about this market on meadow thing i am embarrassed to say i have not what's the market on meadow so you know where that 7-eleven is right there like kind of near the new whole foods and um that um that bar that never ever has anything happening near the lee's chicken yeah near the lee's chicken i yeah, got that's it exactly back Perfect. to fried chicken back to fr- always always back to fried chicken everything leads to fried chicken and your hair um they are going to open like a like a like a baby food hall 
a baby food hall. Yes, Richmond has such trouble opening up an adult size food hall. Now we're going to go for the baby food hall. It's a do you think of it as a mini food hall? Gotcha. So it's going to have Filipino food, which is the reason why I'm mentioning it because we don't have a ton of Filipino restaurants in Richmond. So it'll be Auntie Ning's, which if you've never been there, you should really go. You know how much I like a lumpia. They have a food truck, right? Yes, they sure do. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's going to be a coffee shop. You know how I feel about that. Column 15 Coffee is the name of it. And then they're going to have, I don't really know, this like pasta. It's polpetti, which is like house-made pasta. They're going to do dishes of those there. So like those are the three things that are going to be in that one little spot. What else do you need? I can't think of anything else. Sounds like you're all set. Coffee, pasta, and Filipino food. Yeah, right there across from the 7-Eleven. So you can just drive on by there, park in the 7-Eleven parking lot. Don't tell them I told you that. And just cross the street and there you are for your coffee and pasta needs. This episode of Eat It, Virgi- Eat it Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia? <laughs> no! Oh, God, no.